0: Welcome to the Lady Gang, PJ of Alberta podcast series, introducing all ladies on this podcast today. We have Nicola Jeffries, myself, Ash Van Kerenberg, and Gina Nelson here today, all from different areas of Alberta and all different types of professionals so where we're going to start this today ladies is just giving a little bit of a brief background um of why you're in the industry what brought you here who you are what club you're working at all the things Nicola why don't you take it away
1: all right thanks for having us Ash um yeah so I started in the golf industry um 2006 I got my first job at the canal at Delacour and uh I had spent two years in China right after high school, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I just would always come back to the golf course, and uh, my boss at the time he's like, you really love the golf course, um, and you really like being around, he's like, you should be in the golf business, and I was like, I'm horrible at golf, and he was just like, you know, the golf industry needs more females, and you know, um, you know all the things, he just loved
0: golf, he just loved being on the course. Um, oh my God. And the members and just the atmosphere
1: um so yeah uh after high school in, in high school I got my first job at a golf course and uh the canal at Delacour and you know I spent a couple of years in Asia teaching English because I had no clue what I wanted to do and um I ended up spending six seasons at Delacour and through my years of progression there my the head pro at the time Paul Hemstreet he just said you know you really like this game and You should be more involved. You should join the PGA. You should become a pro. And I just thought to myself, like, I'm horrible at golf. Like, I love this sport and I love everything about it, but I do not, like, that's not something for me. And he just said, you know, you're passionate about it. And that's the biggest thing. And, you know, the golf industry needs more females, and we can teach you how to play golf. Um, And that's kind of where my career just kind of took off. I spent two years in California at the uh, professional golfer's career college. I played in Texas after that because I wasn't done playing. I got a scholarship to Northwood University where I played for three years. And then I joined the LPGA first as a teaching professional. And then I joined the PGA most recently. Um, and yeah, I just, I've loved every minute of it.
0: That's so amazing. I I actually didn't know that you teached in Asia for a few years. Like I'm such a good <laughs> That's so awesome. I like how you learn from like teaching... English and Asia to becoming a golf professional and joining the LPGA and then playing university golf, which is like huge. Um, and now you're a PGA of Canada professional and just got your class A. Congratulations. That's so amazing. I'm so proud of you. And now you're at Willow Park, so I had a private course. So you've definitely come a long way from like Canela Delacour to um, Springbank. And then where else were you at? Um,
1: uh, I was at Silverwing Silver. for couple years and you know I was um at a couple different of the windmill facilities uh throughout the last couple years and yeah like you said I just joined the team at Willow Park and so far it's been incredible so
0: so amazing oh, I love that for you and we'll we'll get into more of the girls club and and what you're doing at Willow now um Gina, take it over to you with our ladies uh, club professional so she won uh, in September um at where'd you guys play at Valley Ridge which is Huge and very new to the industry. Um, just became a part of the PD of Canada a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Um, last year, actually, I got my pro card in August of 2020, so just before the ladies championship. Um, I have been in golf my whole life. I grew up going out with my parents. They'd take me out on the golf cart with them, really anytime they would go out. Um, Grew up loving the game, ended up going to Montana on a golf scholarship, which was super fun, Um, was down there for four years, got my education degree actually, and then came back up um, to Alberta and was teaching and subbing for a few years and then just really kind of missed golf and wanted to pursue it further and then that was the main reason that I went for my pro card. Um, I've been out at McGrath for I think this is the seventh season, just in different capacities, mainly in the Pro Shop. Have really loved the atmosphere, the members, everybody out there has been phenomenal. And yeah, so I'm really excited for for this year and being being out there again and um, seeing kind of what the the season brings.
0: Oh, that's so amazing. I'm so excited to come out and visit you. I've never played McGrath and I'm super excited to see what it's all about I hear it's a great track road trip road trip yes, <laughs> definitely a road trip when COVID's over or we can just wear masks in the car I'm okay with that too <laughs> um and yeah just a little bit about myself um I've been kind of all over the the industry at, at clubs and not at clubs and now with uh, the association which has been amazing um started out working in the back shop at Glencoe came from Nova Scotia thinking I was coming out to Calgary to to get a real job and start my career fresh at a university. And I figured I'd come out for the summer and just have fun, work at the back shop at Glencombe at Judy Forchner. Um, And then life kind of grew from there. Uh, just love, love the game so much. And I think that's what we all do. We're all in this industry because of the love of the game and because we wanna just make it passionate for everybody. and growing the game, especially uh, being a female in the industry, growing it for, for the juniors out there and for the women who are just kind of getting into it, who want to um, learn this game that we all truly are passionate about. And then was at Glenko for seven years, um, moved to Canmore um, about a year and a half ago. And I'm, I teach a lot. So I teach a lot at Canmore and a lot at Calgary still, and then just working for the association, doing events, running, um, the buying show and consumer shows that we haven't had in the last couple of years. So just kind of, um, we're rolling with that. Hopefully in in October we'll be be back uh, in person at the buying show. Um, so yeah, let's dive in now that we have a little bit of background on all of us. Um, and what brought us into the industry, obviously it's the love of the game and the passion of the game and growing the game. Um, but let's just talk a little bit about, uh, I don't know with you girls is like, being in the industry um, as, a, as a female professional. Uh, only 3% in Canada are females in, in the golf world, which is a very low number. Uh, and I definitely kind of going towards like diversity, inclusion, what's been happening around the world in the last um, year or so. Um, just kind of give me a little bit of feedback on what are the obstacles? What a what do we love? What, what keeps us going? Um, golf is very seasonal as well. So, uh, do we have full-time jobs? Are we all working all year round full-time? Like what, what are the struggles that we, we have and what, and how do we overcome
2: them? Um, I think the first thing is always feeling like you have to prove yourself. Like you mentioned, there is that 3%. And so a lot of people, when they think of the golf industry, they don't think of a female golf professional. They don't think of, that's not the first thing that comes to mind, um, whether it's the golfing abilities or the knowledge that we have behind everything, it's just not often seen as highly, I guess, as a man's opinion in, in a lot of ways. So just having to prove yourself constantly and make, and not just to yourself, but to, it seems like to everybody around you that, you know what, you deserve to be where you are. You've worked hard, you've done um, what you need to do to, to have that knowledge and to have that experience and to just, I guess, embrace it and keep moving forward. Yeah, definitely.
0: It's definitely hard to, especially when you go to a new club as well, and you're the low woman on the totem pole and trying to prove yourself that I should be here and I'm deserving to be here. And and having to work those 10, 12, 14 hours every day to feel like you have to prove yourself, even though you're there for a reason and you're there because you're good at your job. Um, but yeah, in the back of our minds, we always feel like we have to work a little bit harder and smarter and um, let people know that we we should be there and we're there because we're, we're good at our jobs. Um, Nick, do you have any insight on that?
1: Yeah, like I... <clears throat> I know the percentage is low and 3% is actually quite shocking. Like I, I would have probably put it in 10, 15%. Um, so yeah, that's insane. Um, I think, you know, a lot of what you guys both said, um, like you have to prove yourself, uh, you could be at a course longer than a male, but everyone kind of goes to that male and I'm sure any female in the industry, you've gotten those phone calls to the pro shop. Like, hey, is this person there? Or is this person? Is this person? Okay, well, maybe you can help me. And you're actually the person that should have been the person they're looking for, right? Because that's your department, or that's something you take care of. So I think it's, it's definitely the stereotype that women are not golf professionals, we've all kind of been there. And, and for me, I always get the, oh, Nick, you're a female you know, like they have, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll send you to Nick, the golf pro. Um, uh, they can help you. And then they see that you're a female and it's kind of like, Oh, okay then. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, I've been very blessed so far, uh, at Willow park, it's been kind of a warm welcome. And I get the, we're so excited that you're here and there's a female and, and that's kind of, I think where a lot of people want to get to. And I think a lot of that comes from the way that, um, certain places have been kind of brought up. Like I know there's been females who have paved the way before us um, that have gone through a lot tougher things to kind of prove themselves and have been very successful. So I think that's a positive thing to come out of how difficult sometimes it is and how we feel being females in a man's world.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy that it still feels like that too after all these years. Uh, Like, if you look at it, there's like 300 clubs in, in Alberta only. And, um, there's like 32 of us, 32 female professionals in Alberta and 300 clubs, like do the math. It's ridiculous. And, um, this is why we're here to chat about it and to like spread awareness and let people know that it's okay to be a female in the golf world. Like it's going to be hard, but it's so worth it. And it's so rewarding Um, to see the faces on your member's face and like the people you're teaching. Um, I don't know about you. We can talk a little bit about, about teaching um, and the difficulties. I don't know if you've had, but I've definitely had uh, where I don't teach men anymore. I only um, focus my time with women and juniors just because of past experiences. And I really should be getting over it, but there's just something inside me that it's just like, I'm not comfortable still teaching, teaching a man. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts and like what you do now and who you teach. Um, but do you find it's harder to, to teach a guy to, um, to play golf, uh, than it is like a junior or,
1: or a woman? Um, it's funny actually this conversation, because in a group forum for the LPGA, this exact thing came up, um, where, a guy approached a female instructor and just said, you know, like, do you think you can fix my swing? And she, she kind of said, yeah, like what a kind of an odd question. And he's like, Oh, you probably just get students cause you're cute. And the amount of responses from people that have come into that. And I've had people not want to take lessons from me because I am a female and they'd rather take one from a male. And you know what? That is 100% okay. And I think that's one thing that's really tough. Like, we know we're in an industry where it is predominantly male. Um, But I think part of that is I'm okay to teach women. I'm okay to teach children like juniors. Like I'm comfortable with that. I've taught men lessons. I still do. And I think it comes down what's comfortable from them because I, I don't want someone to push back on me because they're uncomfortable with the fact that I'm a lady. Whereas um, if you I've had so many women come to me because they're like, it's way less intimidating as a female. So I think that's what's such a huge thing and such a huge demand, especially now with people coming into the game, is that comfort level and the, the less intimidating of having a woman just be more comfortable for them.
0: Give me a glass of wine and uh, let's start doing it. <laughs> and that's what women want and I love it and it's so much fun and it's so true there's so many times where women are just like I'm so much more comfortable with a female instructor because I duff the ball or I miss the ball and and it's okay and you're allowed to laugh at it and learn from it and just have fun and I I I love that I love that comment um yeah what are your experiences with everything
2: Um, I'm, I mean, fairly similar to Nick, um, just with being comfortable. I mean, that's, that's exactly what they, whoever for lessons need to, needs to feel comfortable with. And, um, that's the biggest thing. I mean, if they're comfortable with you teaching them and for them to really understand that you do have that knowledge and you're willing to help them in whatever way they need, um, that's kind of the biggest, the biggest thing. And I mean, I've taught really kind of a wide, wide variety, juniors, um, ladies, guys, seniors. I mean, it's, it's very, it's very just personal kind of as to what they feel comfortable with. And if they know that you're willing to help them and that they can embarrass themselves, then you're, you're not going to laugh at them or anything like that that's kind of the main thing is just that comfort level and getting them to realize that everybody starts somewhere and everybody's kind of somewhere is different to begin with. And so it's nothing to be embarrassed about or worried about. Um, but that we're genuinely there to kind of help and lend a hand.
0: Love it. And people need to realize too, like 10% of golfers break a hundred. So, you know, what? we're not all professionals, Uh, we all duff the ball or miss the ball too. So it's not, it's not a big deal. Golf is literally just about having fun, keeping up pace of play and, uh, enjoying time with your friends is my biggest takeaway with golf now, especially now that I'm older. I'm like, I don't play tournaments anymore. I just want to go hang out with the girls and have a good time and, and gossip and all the things. (laughs) Um, So yeah, everyone, this is the good, the bad, the ugly uh, with female golf professionals. Um, We're going to kind of jump into goals. Like what, um, what are our goals in life? What are our goals of being a golf professional? Where do you want to, where do you want to be? Do you want to be a GM? Do you want to be a head pro or like, where do you see yourself? It's a really tough question because I have no idea what my answer is. And so this is why I'm kind of asking you, maybe it'll help me figure out what I want to do when I grow (laughs) up.
2: Um, well, right now I got a new position out at the McGrath golf club as the manager of golf operations. So I am embracing that wholeheartedly. I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, it's been a learning curve like everything else, but it's a really fun learning curve. I love when you see members that, I mean, almost on a daily basis and you really have a good connection with them and relationship to the point that in the winter when there's nobody out there because of snow it's like hmm okay i can't talk to anybody i don't have that relationship so then when the season opens back up again it's just it's full of gossip and talking and what happened over the winter and how are you and how are things going and just it's that part of the non full season i guess that that's the part that i miss the most in the winter is just those relationships that you build um, for most of the season, and then they kind of up and disappear, right? Because there's no reason for them to be out there when there's three feet of snow, if not more, and you're just sitting around getting stuff ready for the for the new season. So, I'm really liking where I'm at. I don't know for in the future kind of where I want to be, but that's I've really enjoyed where I am currently, and so looking forward to just keeping that going, and then maybe that'll help and see where I want to go for the future.
0: Love it. And look at you making a big move this year. That's so exciting.
2: Hear that, girls? You can do anything if you
0: put your mind to it. And I love the connection. That's what I miss the most, is like the connection with the members. Oh my gosh, I like live for that. And it's the best feeling when you go back to the club and you're like, what happened over the winter? Who did what? What's going on? Tell me all the things. I just love that. Uh, Nick, what are your goals? Where do you see yourself in like 10 years?
1: Ooh. Um. Honestly, I see myself um, in a head professional role. That's kind of, I think for me, that's, I I like the admin side of it. I like the relationship side of it. I like, you know, teaching part of it um, and definitely just growing the girls golf side of things. Um, for me, I didn't play junior golf. Um, so I think that's where that passion comes from, like getting people into it younger and then all the way up. Like it doesn't matter how old you are, you can go out there. When I was at Silverwing, we actually had a member, and she was 94 years old. And she would come out, and it was her, her son, their da- uh, his daughter, and her great grandson. Like there was so many different. There was, I think, in total, at one point, there was five generations together, and we had this picture. And I'm like, how incredible is this? You know, something that people can do together, and um, it's a, it's a lifelong game. So to start as juniors and, and just that female, like, I'm sure you guys have done some programs where you just, you see the same kids in the mixed lessons and then you see them maybe in girls club or girls golf or whatever kind of program you have and just the personality difference and the friendships they make. Um, so the girls part of that is a, is a big growing that side of it is definitely a big goal for me.
0: amazing i could totally see you like being a head professional bossing everybody around (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) you're like the nicest person i know so (laughs) oh okay i love this okay so we're gonna play a little game because i know look at your faces everyone so we're on zoom right now which is amazing so i can actually see their faces why uh, why we're we're recording this and it's so amazing but i decided that i just wanted to play a little game to spice it up a little um, uh, so i want you to think of one actually not even one question we're going to think of one experience that you had uh in your golf life that is the most embarrassing um story that you have <laughs> okay i'll go 1st i I'll let you girls think and i'll go first um so born and raised in a really small town in nova scotia I had no idea what I was coming out to, um, in Calgary, like never been out West. Um, I played golf in, um, in Kamloops and Vancouver prior, but never been to Alberta. And so, um, once I got to Calgary, I literally had to go to the Glencoe, like pick up my uniform and have a meeting, uh, with some people there. And I've never, we don't really have private clubs back in Nova Scotia. So I've never really been to a private club, like driving down those amazing, Um, road and there's a huge clubhouse and I'm in ripped jeans Um, I have no idea that you can't wear jeans at a golf course because where I'm from you can literally wear cutoffs um, and that's just the way it is so I show up I'm meeting with um, I believe Bruce and Judy and I'll I still to this day get from Bruce that I wore jeans on my first day to work ripped jeans in fact that you cannot at the time, like the rules have loosened up a little bit, but you could not be on property in jeans. So um, it was super embarrassing for me and I thought I was gonna like get fired right away. Thankfully I didn't. And um, I still to this day hear the story. So that's like my biggest and most embarrassing golf story that I have was literally coming to the fanciest club in Calgary in ripped jeans. (laughs) Nick, I feel like
1: you have a good one. Okay, but in my defense, okay, well, this is the only one I can think of off the top of my head because I was not prepared for this, Um, but in my defense, this isn't 100% my fault. (laughs) Um, So same kind of, you know, first I had, I just joined Silverwing um, and it was like maybe my first week. I didn't really know everyone yet. And we had this huge shotgun, um, remember when we could do those um and there's like 140 people out there and you know people are checking people in and helping them buy stuff and everyone's getting their drinks and people are lining up at the cart staging area and we had this PA system and my boss at the time who I will not throw under the bus but you know who you are if you're listening um he was so good at delivering a a prank so that you were thrown off and didn't know it was kind of a prank and so he comes in and he's like, I need you to page this guy. And he gives me a post-it and it says, Robert blah." Okay. And there, there's chaos everywhere. And and so he leaves the door and he comes back. He's like, but he goes by Bob. And I'm like, no problem. Got it. Yes. So I go on the PA system. I'm like, can I please get Bob Loblaw to the pro shop? Bob blah to the pro shop. And I'm like, not even thinking about this. And he comes back. He's like, they can't hear you it cut out. You got to do it again. I'm like, okay. I'm like, can I get Bob, blah, blah to the pro shop, Bob. And the girl walks in who's working with me. And she goes, seriously, Bob blah, blah. And I was like horrified. And I turn around and these people are like laughing and like some people can hear and some people weren't paying attention. I was just like, I can't believe I just said, can I get Bob, blah, blah to the pro shop? (laughs) That was like probably from I mean it's funny now but at the time horrifying
0: mortified you're just mortified that's amazing um kudos to whoever your boss was because that is like unbelievable I would be so embarrassed (laughs) oh I love that so much very cruel but good all right Elsa what do you got
2: Okay, we're gonna have to edit this out because I, I don't know. Um, okay, so probably, and this was when I was younger, it was probably the most embarrassing thing that's happened on the golf course um, that I can think of off the top of my head. So I was golfing out with my parents, and there's I mean, it was packed like you had two groups on the T box in front, there's a group behind you. Um, and the cart that they had at the time is very old. So in my defense, I'm blaming the cart, but it probably wasn't. Um, and so I drove the cart kind of around the green and thinking, oh, it's fine. Like there's people teeing off. I'll be courteous. Like just kind of slow down, wait. Well, the cart, the gas pedal got stuck. So as I'm driving the cart around, trying to slow down and be nice, the gas pedal just completely sticks. I'm like, I can't stop. This thing is like rattling down the cart path. There's four carts on the next T box. I'm like, I'm going to hit one of them. Like the gas, like obviously with the gas being stuck, the brakes not doing a whole lot. Like it's slowing down a little bit, but not enough. And so finally get to a point And I come absolutely sliding. It just unsticks just in time, come sliding in, hit the, just the back of the cart in front. And I think I ran out of that cart faster than you could ever see. Um, just completely darted out of it and pretended like it wasn't me. Obviously I'm the only person around the cart. So they could see that clearly it was my fault or the cart, but, um, yeah, I think that was the most embarrassing. Just usually there's not that many people around there and there is a lot of people watching that incident. And I would say off the top of my head, that's probably one of the most embarrassing, clearly not being able to drive a golf
1: cart. How old were you when that happened?
2: Um, Probably like 13 or 14.
1: That's why you make the back shop
2: have drivers. Exactly. That is exactly why. You I mean, the only time I ever really drove it. And it was just that one little stretch. And I was like, yep, no, I'm, I'm good riding passenger or just walking the rest of the time. Cause we don't need that again.
1: <laughs> and she never drove again.
2: <laughs> were the people
0: that you hit, were they mad? No,
2: no. No. At least that's a positive. They just kind of laughed because um I think it happened to them in a different cart like a few weeks before that. So they understood the problem and I was like, "Well, perfect."
0: It's like it was a cart, I swear it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, I do have one more question. So this is a good one. Um most rewarding uh experience that you've ever had in the golf industry.
2: Okay. I I have this one, um, much better than my last story. So I have been, um, giving lessons to a lady for probably four months now. Um, and she has been phenomenal, really growing in her abilities. And the biggest reward, um, was she went down to a different course, was hitting on the range and the pro just kind of looked at her and wow like your swing's getting fantastic and she just goes yeah I have a new person giving me lessons and I'm really happy about it and the amount of confidence that I've seen from the very first lesson to where she is now is phenomenal um and just absolutely makes me smile because I mean it's not like we're changing a million things with her swing a lot of it is just the mentality behind why things happen. And if you're on the course, what you need to do to fix them and the biggest, the biggest thing is just knowing that even though you're not changing a person's swing or doing a lot, I guess, of coaching, I guess the word would be, um, that you're still making a difference. And to know that the smallest thing you say, um, about their swing or about their day really changes the way that they have confidence in their self in their swing in everything they do. And so even though you're not there with them, every round that they play, you know, that they're kind of thinking of those things that you've mentioned and just that positivity behind it all. And I think that is probably one of the coolest things, um, about coaching and about giving lessons is just having that ability to, to have that much of an impact on a person.
0: Oh, that's so amazing. And I love hearing stories like this because the connection that you had with that, with that female, it just like goes above and beyond every day for them. Like, even though for us, it's like just something that we do every day for that person that you're having that connection with and like making a difference in their lives. They, like, we, they literally think about you every time that they're on the golf course, which I love. I'm so sorry, but Nick is like literally... <laughs> up walking around her office. I don't know what she's doing, (laughs) but she's being ridiculous as per usual. Uh, listeners, if you don't know Nicola Jeffries, you need a little bit of her in your life. (laughs) Like seriously. (laughs) Okay. Well, since Nick is up walking around, um, I'll go. Um, and you know what? I'm going to take back my comments that I said earlier about teaching men, because I do teach senior men (laughs) because they literally are my favorite people. I love people that remind me of my grandfather. It like just warms my heart every day because he's the one that kind of got me into golf. And so I had this one gentleman at Glencoe and he had Parkinson's and he literally would shake so much except when he held a golf club. So I was doing some lessons with him. All he wanted to do was get around the golf course with his wife, that's all um, like his goal was. He didn't care how far he hit the ball but he just wanted to be able to play with her. Um, and his Parkinson's was getting worse and worse, um, by the day, like literally it was, uh, it was sad, but he was just so positive about it and, um, having lessons with him and seeing him like literally just strike the ball and having his hands not shake, um, as soon as his hands, like touched the grip of his club was like the most rewarding thing that I've ever, um, dealt with or seen, or just like been with, he wasn't even there to like get lessons. He was more there to just like, have a have a chat and like tell me about his his life and about his life and um, just to kind of grow that confidence back as he used to be a really good golfer and to get that confidence back that he can still hit the ball, even though uh, he had Parkinson's. So that's like my story that I, I love. And I just, oh my gosh, I don't know where this gentleman is anymore, but I hope he's doing amazing. And um, Nick, welcome back to us. I feel like you're trying to get your steps in. <laughs> it is should i get her her stand goal in for one camp. oh my gosh that killing me my watch hasn't buzzed yet so if it does i'm definitely gonna have to stand up but that's so funny i'm like you're walking around it's like you're trying to get your steps in girls and everybody out there listening this is what we have to do being golf pros even if we're sitting now we still got to get up and get our goals in crushing goals every day i love it okay nick tell me your story
1: um Well, I mean, it's hard to pick just one. Uh, I think for me, like the most recent um, was I did a lot of uh, girls golf last year. So I did quite a few at Springbank and then I did a couple at Bears Paw as well. Um, And there was one, there's a couple of girls like, and getting those messages, I think, after the fact from their parents, because I think sometimes they are like, are they having fun? Like, they seem like they're having fun. Are they learning stuff? And, and I had one lady just reach out and she's like, I'm like, thank you so much. Like our daughter had so much fun. And she, all she talks about is golfing, you know, like she just, she wants to go back. And, and there was another guy, his daughter was involved or his granddaughter, sorry, And he's just like, you know, she wants to come to the golf course and she's making me take her. And, you know, it's just like what we were talking about earlier. This is a lifelong game. And to have that feedback, just that, you know, um, it's not just I drop my kids off and and they golf and then they come home and do whatever. It's that these kids want to be there. They want to be involved in this sport. And I think to me, I think that's the most rewarding is to make a fun Experience and just to know that you're making a difference in someone's golf life.
0: So amazing! It's so true, um, and it's so I love seeing, especially like little girls that wanna be there, that wanna have fun with their friends and learn golf and like, but learn the other things too. I feel like girls' golf is more than just like swinging a club and putting on the on the green and chipping. Around. Like really, just the involvement and um, making friends. And when you're older, you're going to come back to it. You're like, oh, I actually love doing that. Or I had a lot of fun doing it. And just introducing them to the game. Oh my God. Love it. Love all the stories. Love you girls. Um, that's all I have for us today. Is there anything you two want to want wanna ask or want to chat about for our listeners? Um, I'm just so grateful for all this crazy world that we're, that we're living in and being in every day. And just so grateful for you
1: too. Um, I did just want to bring the attention to those in Calgary who might already know on July 12th, which is a Monday, I believe, there is a junior girls developmental camp um, put on by the Calgary ladies golf association. If you know any junior girls, there is a junior girls developmental camp on Monday, July the 12th. I believe it's nine to four. So it's, I believe it's $50 and it's at Canyon Meadows um, and it's open to anyone. So it's going to be all kinds of events and it's put on by the Calgary Ladies Golf Association. So if you head to their website, you can get more information there. Um, I believe there's five of us instructors heading over there that day. Um, So it's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be great. So we're just trying to build the game and promote the game for these kids, however, we can. So, um, just wanted to throw that out there. That's my little plug. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, it's not like this. Yeah, snow on the ground. Currently, it's
0: uh, April 22nd and it's snowing, and there was a foot of uh, snow in Camor before I came into Calgary today. So, not happy about this weather, but hopefully, we'll get back to the link soon. Um, I want to thank you girls so much for taking the time, um, hanging out with me today, chatting about women's golf, growing the game and being a female in this profession. Um, so I hope you all enjoyed listening. And if you like this podcast, please comment below and let us know if you want to hear us again. Bye for now.